Hello everyone, I'm Craig from Server Factory and this is my colleague Seb. I'm Santa. Santa, Santa, this is my colleague Santa. Hi guys. And welcome to the eighth episode of the Data Podcast. We've uh, put loads of effort into this being a, a Christmassy episode. Uh, yeah. I haven't shaved, had a shave in about four years. Craig's head has grown. Yeah. And here we are. So yeah, wonderful. So let's get straight into our two very interesting articles. Our first one is about Microsoft patenting high-pressure data centers. And the second one is about Microsoft and Graph its core. new, yeah, GraphCore and AI processors. So let's get straight into the first Microsoft article about high-pressure data centers. I have personally been doing research around this and this is very, very interesting. It's very, very interesting. This is the news, this is based around an article from Data Center Dynamics and it is, they are reporting about a patent that Microsoft has sent in for approval. So, well, sorry, has been awarded this patent for high pressure, high pressure data centers. So basically, I'll quickly give you some quotes from the patent and they relate to why Microsoft believes that this is a good idea. Some data centers employ heat sink, blah, blah, blah. Some data centers employ heat sinks and electrical fans, which can consume a substantial amount of energy. In cases of higher power levels, liquid cooling circuits and liquid immersion baths, which can be expensive or and error prone, that can be a corrosion and things of that nature, more expensive heat sink solutions, etc., are required. So therefore, what is needed is a system to efficiently improve data center cooling without needing expensive additional hardware. So basically, this is saying that there is a gap in the market here because cooling is either expensive or expensive and efficient or reasonably priced and not as efficient. It's just, it's not as good as it could be. There's no balance between efficiency and price. Yeah, basically. So... High pressure makes air denser and increases its heat capacity and therefore the amount of heat it can remove from IT systems. So this is very interesting. So they're basically going to have a, they're proposing a sealed data center in which the pressure, the air within it and the gases within the data center environment would be different to just air essentially. So it's, it's very, very interesting. On screen now, you will see a diagram provided within the pattern, which shows the benefits of using different gases at different pressures on heat transport and fan power. So this shows the difference between air and a gas called SF6. Uh, SF6 is called cipher hexafluoride or or sf6 essentially so F sf6 is the most interesting this is incredibly i found this very very interesting so they propose to use this very very potent greenhouse gas is the most potent greenhouse gas known to man and it's currently i believe it is currently actually banned mm -hmm. for all applications in the e eu and there is actually some current call for within 2020 for it to be banned across the EU for all applications because it is currently used within the electrical industry. There is a solution to that. What is the solution to that, Sebastian? Boris Johnson. Get Brexit done. He's been voted. I mean, yeah. So, so technically, if we leave the EU, I'm not sure how much that will when, apply to us. When we leave the EU. When, yeah. But I can't even a, say if anymore. In America, when we leave. in America, there's different rules around these things. Can I take this off, please? You, yes, you can take off your thing. Well, I... I <laughs> Okay, I'm going to leave mine on even though it doesn't really fit me. So, no. Oh, you're going to put yours on. That's oh, horrible. 
So why does Microsoft want to use this gas? In a hermetically sealed data center filled with SF6 gas, fans can be powered at 25% of standard levels, so saving energy there, for the same heat, for the same power. Same thermal energy. Same thermal, yes. And while heat transport is nearly seven times as effective. So basically this creates, this reduces the energy needed by Microsoft to power data centers, mm -hmm. which is amazing. But it, and it, the heat transport is nearly seven times as effective. So this is incredible. Mm -hmm. This this gas is actually incredible. This is this is really amazing. I think I mean, do you reckon they banned it purely because it is too effective? It would be sort of uh, the constrained. Reason, on the it. reason why they banned it is because it is an incredibly bad, incredibly bad greenhouse gas. Incredibly potent greenhouse gas mm -hmm. is the most most known most potent greenhouse gas known to existence. So it'd be too harmful to use it. it because, like, there's leaks. That mm -hmm. is why. Because there is tiny leaks everywhere. There's loose bolts and that can cause leaks. And there's even, like, the tiniest, tiniest piece of gas leaking out is incredibly, incredibly bad. So there's some stats here. Uh, 20, it's 23,900 times that of CO2. Uh, CO2 is... 23,900 times more potent than CO2 by over a hundred year period. Yes, but just to clarify what he means by more potent, it has a um, a higher global warming potential. Yes, that's what I mean. Than CO2 by the 23,000 yes. etc. times. Yes, and as an estimated atmospheric lifetime of 580 years to 1,400 years, although this is somewhat disputed, some scientists say that it's up to 3,200 years. Mm -hmm. So it is incredibly, incredibly bad and harmful to the environment. And there is many, many articles documenting how, because it's incredibly, is very well used within the electrical industry. So substations and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So they use it to insulate pipes because mm -hmm. of the characteristics of this gas makes it perfect for that. But it is incredibly, incredibly harmful to the environment. Yes. So even the tiniest leak can have catastrophic effects on the environment as has been calculated within the electrical industry. So I guess we have to say that, well, let's hope that no matter what happens, this gas isn't used. It's a shame. I, want to, I, think, I, think, I think it should be used. I think what needs to happen it, is there needs to be a renewable way um, or a, a safe way to dispose of any sort of harmful um, sort of rubbish, you know, anything that's discarded needs to be dealt with correctly. Mm. If they could use this, if it's contained, um, I mean, there will always be a, maybe a human error or there will always be... Well, some, it's, like, it's at like a molecular level, so like yeah. at the tiniest level you can imagine, just because it is so potent, it has such a big effect. So it's 23... Yeah. Times worse. Yeah, 23,900 times worse than then, CO2 yeah. to the environment or to the greenhouse. I reckon if they find a, a, a sustainable, sustainable way to sort of handle it, um, sort of, you know, clean it out and, and keep it sort of monitored, mm. it could be used. But I think this is way too early to be able to use yes. something like that. The article does, well, they are using it within the electrical industry already. It's just within the data center industry, this hasn't really been, oh. well, this is Microsoft patent. So within the electrical industry, it is widely used mm. and it's very well known. And that is that there is huge dispute against this and there is calls to ban it completely.
Mm-hmm. But so yeah. are we seeing sort of um, well, Microsoft has in this article. It, I don't want to include too much information because there is very there is a lot of information with this article and many articles around it but microsoft does propose using they are aware of the effects that this can have to the environment and they are proposing like a pressure sensing system so if like the minute pressure changes then they'll realize that and then they can work do something about it and things like that so there is ways that they can mitigate the effect the harm that it will have on the environment, but still, I don't think I don't think it's going to be too widely accepted if the uh, wider public understands the uh, harm that this can do. Yeah, and it's currently doing to the environment, although that it is getting better. Well, I stand corrected. Okay, yeah. so I mean, we're probably, I mean, I'm going to assume. Correct me, but I assume somewhere maybe in the states or yes, I believe this is sort America. of places yes, that yes, uh, yes, yes. there's been news. Okay. Feel free to go on to your article. Yes, so I just want to give a little bit of background information and I'll go over it again in the article. There is a company called Graphcore. It was founded in the UK in 2016 and their sole mission has to be, um, was to create a, um, an AI processor that basically outs, you know, beats the current market. So just ensure that one, yeah? So... <clears throat> Microsoft rose to dominance during the 80s and the 90s thanks to the success of its Windows operating system, we all know about Windows, and running it on Intel processors. They had the relationship called Wintel, that was the nickname of it, Windows and Intel. Microsoft hopes to extend the popularity of its Azure cloud platform, I'm sure all of you know that Microsoft owns uh, Azure cloud, with a new kind of computer chip designed for the age of AI. As we know, AI is becoming it's been around for a considerable amount of years, but it's getting even more popular and it's only expanding. Yep, I'm correct with that, uh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah. starting today, today being, I think it was one day last week, I apologize. Microsoft is providing Azure customers with access to chips made by the by Graphcore, which is the British startup. Okay. It's only three years old. So, as I said, it was um, founded in Bristol in 2016 mm-hmm. um, and has attracted considerable attention among AI researchers. So they see this new company come about and they like what they're doing and they sort of, you know, decide, let's invest in this a little bit. So $700 million in investment (laughs) Um, on the promise that these chips will accelerate its uh, computations required to make AI work. Wow. So, quite a large investment. Now, interestingly, it's not been the chips have not been made publicly or have shown the results of trials in ver, uh, involving early testers. So they're sort of keeping it a little bit behind closed doors Under wraps, yeah. until it's sort of they get to the uh, level of success they want to. But at the same time, you know, they do give us some information to sort of figure out what's going on with. So last December, December 2018, Graphcore received a proportion of their $200 million funding from Microsoft. We don't know the sort of percentage. We don't know exact figures. We just know the funding round is $200 million. Yeah. Quite a large amount, right? I'm considering the company, Graphcore is only like three, four years old. So, Graphcore are keen to find hardware that will make the cloud services more attractive to the growing number of customers for AI applications. So, just sort of, I'm sure that 90% of our audience know about sort of the cloud services, what's going on. AWS controls the market at the moment. They are by far the most popular. Then we have Microsoft. 
Then we have um, IBM, and then IBM, Google. Google, and then Alibaba. Yeah. There is a large uh, sort of market share by other um, cloud suppliers. Again, there's a couple other providers. ones like Oracle and things like that. But AWS yeah. controls the yes. far, 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 far majority of the market. So. I mean, Microsoft is number two, and it's only natural for them that they want to go up higher and they want to sort yeah. of reach number They've one. They've got differentiate yeah, from the competition. Of course. So that's why they partnered with someone like uh, Graphcore, which I can see I mean, it's a big investment to put in a company that's only a couple of years old. But then again, as we know, not all companies need years and years to develop their product. But, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, by all means, I mean, I, I sort of had a small look at what Graphcore is doing. I mean, personally, it doesn't make 100% sense to me. Yeah. I'm just not trained. I could never work for Graphcore. I'm not trained yeah. in that industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, not in that industry, but in that field within mm -hmm, the industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Allow me to correct myself. But, I mean, it looks pleasant. Now, unlike most chips used for AI, Graphcore's processors were designed from scratch. So they started sort of brand Completely, new. Completely, okay. Yep, from brand new. They had, well, they say from scratch. They may have had some sort of template because, of course, you need a sort of blueprint as to what will work in some way. But yeah, they develop, develop from, from the ground scratch, up. Yep. Yes. To support a calculation that helps machines to recognize faces, faces, understand speech, parse language, drive cars, train robots, whatever you could think. So the first one I think of drive cars is someone like Tesla. You know, yeah. a car like that would need some sort of, I mean, I'm not saying they're using Microsoft. Well, Microsoft but Microsoft are using self-driving cars every yeah. every huge company is developing self-driving self cars. cars yeah it is the future so graphcore expects it will appeal to companies that are running business critical operations on ai such as self-driving cars that we just said startups trading firms operations that preserve, uh, process large quantities of video and audio so we're probably looking at film production companies yeah they would need something like that if yeah. you're looking i saw the new the new jumanji on when on last wednesday it was a very nice film i'm, I'm not as much nerdy as this sounds, I was f quite considering how much, how much one storage and how much yeah. processing power you would need to create the whole movie. Because it's all these sort of, um, is it CGI? The special effects, and all, VFX yeah. and things like that. And then everything's recorded in like 8K and 16K and ridiculous yeah. amount and then downscaled. And yeah, there's ridiculous amount of storage and ridiculous amount of processing power goes into yeah. making films and, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not often that you see a... Uh, <laughs> a snake eat a man, but there's some, po there's some powerful CGI on that. Back anyway, on topic. Back on topic. So, Microsoft and Graphcore today actually published uh, benchmarks. Okay. So, as I said, that they didn't release much. They did recently, but before, we didn't really get much information. They suggest the chip matches or exceeds even the performance of the top AI chips. So, we're talking NVIDIA, Google, using um, algorithms written f uh, for those rival Okay. platforms so we're looking at us at, at uh, graphcore three-year-old company yeah that has published some benchmarks that you know suggest the chip is already on that sort of level whether it's the same or further it's it's you know but it's that, already at that level but it does say that that is using their platforms yes. the videos and google's platforms mm -hmm. rather than graphcore's own code and own platform yes but what so they're doing be is even more efficient using graphcore's own code well yeah of course because their code would be specific for their um for their hardware. chip yeah. yeah but what they've done is they've used the code that they uh that nvidia and, and google use a lot and they sort of compared how their chip would compare like would work under it yeah like, which i like, think is yeah. quite quite impressive actually it's if it's already managed yeah. to match someone like google and nvidia 
Um, so code written specifically for graph course hardware may be even more efficient, as you said. I completely agree with that. I reckon it would be. But then again, when you use your own hardware and your own code, you sort of um, engineer your code to go better with your chip rather than using someone else's code. Yeah. So the companies claim that certain image processing tasks may work many times faster on graph cores chips, for example, than on its rivals using existing code, which we've sort of touched upon. They also say they were able to train a popular AI model for language processing called BERT, B-E-R-T. I'm not quite sure which is the correct way to say it, but I'm going to say BERT. At, at rates matching those of any other existing hardware. Okay. So BERT, good old BERT, um, you know, I can't say his name without laughing. Um, so their chip is already proving, based on the small amount of benchmarks we're getting, that it's actually quite up there, and it is in contention. Is that the right word? Yeah. You know, with with uh, Amazon, Google. So I reckon, given sort of, I mean, considering the investment, I'm not surprised that they've already made so much progress. That is a huge investment, and GraphQL has done really well at the moment. So. But it's become hugely important for AI applications involving language. Now, we know language is very important. It's how we communicate. It's how, um, you know, you, we get our opinions, feelings across, and obviously how we do our business. So if I wasn't able to speak with Craig, we wouldn't be here. And yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, true, is, it is very important to us. Google recently said that it is using BERT to power its core search business which that is quite interesting for me. Microsoft says it is now using graph course chips for internal AI research projects involving natural language processing. When you get onto Google and to Microsoft and you, you know, your hardware and applications are being used by them, you've kind of made it already, haven't you, really? When you're looking, when you think of it that way. But it is really, it's really up there then, isn't it? It is based, I mean, this is all information that you'll find on the article. Have a look through it. There's obviously stuff that we want. There's a lot of things. Yeah, we we're, yeah. we're summarizing it, but the, there's it's loads very, of very interesting. Yeah, yeah. there's loads of um, additional information for you uh, to sort of have a look there. But okay, so that's sort of a small summary from me. Now I just wanted to touch up on a couple of uh, quick points. Um, what I, the one thing I wanted to say was um, first of all to to sort of start a company. Um, and in three years, reach such a high level, I think there is credit need to be given to the. They developers. must have a huge amount of talent and within. That it's not an easy job by any means. Yeah. When you, I mean, imagine starting a new company to sort of go up against Amazon. It's not exactly going to be. Yeah, especially when they have such a large market share. Yeah. Also, the one thing I would say is, if this chip will prove to be better via benchmarks, via statistics, than the, any other existing hardware at the moment, what I want to know is. How much power is it requiring? What are the sort of other factors around that we don't know? True, if you're making a chip, I mean, when you think of Google, Amazon, you know, Microsoft, Microsoft works with graph course, not quite. I mean, Google, let's say IBM, you know, Amazon. Yes. Yeah. Yep. How have they not created such a chip either? Well, that's they are, what I want to know. They are creating chips, but it's just stating here that this, this how experimental is benchmarks yeah. are reaching the performance of from NVIDIA and Google. Yeah. So they, it's very, very interesting how GraphCore has done this so quickly. Yeah. Within, the last, within certain small, almost four years, because we're almost in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I understand it's a massive funding, but, you know, um, I, I, it's still surprising that, you know, AWS in three years 
could they have done the same job or better? That's what I, I want to know the sort of well, it the information around it. I want, hmm? It doesn't state benchmarks in comparison to AWS's AI chips and specific. No, but Nvidia and Google's AWS yeah, is an yeah, example yeah. I was yeah, given because yeah. they control. Yeah. Because when you control the market, the largest like market share is when you're there already. Do you believe that there should that there still is that sort of drive to innovate, or do you reckon that you've already reached the top? I feel like because they know, do have competitors, like Microsoft is is quite a way behind but i mean it's still pushing towards it because well, it could change one day it. it takes one day to change well, yeah i don't know would we'll, might take more than one day well we're talking huge amount of, oh yeah we're talking, we're talking huge about us and microsoft right. i mean it's not a, a these aren't small companies these are i'm sure i'm sure aws knows what they're doing but it's very interesting that microsoft is partnering with an outside company mm-hmm. GraphCore isn't their company they're yeah. investing within it but it's not their company it's not an internal ai researching department and you don't know who the other investors within GraphCore are mm-hmm. uh, but i mean it is very interesting and it's very good because it's a company from Bristol, from, from the UK. Yeah. So the UK have done something, right? I've done something, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's all for me on this uh, on this topic. It is a very, very detailed yeah, article. Yeah, please feel free to read the whole long. article. Um, I probably only covered maybe like genuinely half of the article. Yeah. There's so much more information. There are quotes from like the CEOs and like the big, you know, the big um, sort of players. Yeah. In so these go companies. check that out on yeah. Wired as well. It's a very, very cool website. Yeah. But yeah. So... I'm, I suppose thank you for watching. We have a couple of things like we have the new website up as well. Which yes. is very interesting. Which we will be we will be doing a separate video on. Yes. But that is a very very cool. I know you spent many 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 hours upon yes. that. Yes. So just quickly, um, our new as Craig said, our new website is launched. Uh, it launched a couple of days actually last week. Yeah. Uh, so it is serverfactory.co.uk. There will be a link, so you yeah. can feel free to go check out our new website. Anything? Any small bugs you find? Please tell us. Any as well. feedback is highly appreciated. We have, we have tested yeah. it. Any feedback, anything that you dislike, anything that you find difficult to use, or things like that. Yeah, like, just let, let us know. Let us know. Twitter, yeah. all of our contact details are down below. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very cool website. Yeah, very... I'm excited. We're, well, I think we're all finally relieved yeah, that we. Uh, definitely. Yeah, it was only uh, a little bit of a delay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple months delay. Yeah. Yeah. It's done now. It's done and dusted. So please have a look. So Merry Christmas as well. Yes. Happy New Year. I don't know. Will we be doing one between? Uh, we'll have many, many. There's so much content on our channel already. We have 38 videos currently oh. up on our channel. Okay. Uh, there's Fuji Film interviews. There's Open E interviews. There's going to be maybe a Western Digital interview. Hopefully, fingers crossed, they allow me to post it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you say that on camera? Yeah, I can say that on camera. Okay. Uh, so, once again, have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from all of us at Server Factory, and we will see you in 2020. Good yes. night. Good night. We're a bit rusty.